0: College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register.
1: This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by
2: PolitiWeek.com.
1: And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work
2: for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America.
1: Rich E.V., you're on the air with The Nation. The Nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez.
2: What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. El Conservador. Mr. Call Screener, Richie V, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City, and it's 2022. And Joe Biden's push for big government is inching closer and closer to a state-run economy. Plus, AOC's catching heat for her New Year's Eve trip to Miami. Plus, I think an AOC staffer called Israel a European ethnostate. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But first, do you really think Americans want incentives not to work? Seriously. Right now, there are plenty of Americans that would rather work than receive any type of government benefit. This is the land of opportunity. But the government is creating programs that will continue to dwindle down that desire for improvement that improvement for oneself to own things, that pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, look, I understand this very well because I would personally rather work than receive a government benefit. And I think there's a lot of people that would too. It doesn't matter which party you like, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or you're in the middle. This is no bueno for America. And it's all because of Joe Biden. Independents are jumping ship because they don't like what Biden is doing. Just look at the polls. When all the polls say that Biden sucks, you have to consider them because they rarely poll people that actually supported Trump to begin with. So if every last poll is showing Biden dwindling, you've got to stop and ask yourself, this actually might be the the real deal. Biden might actually suck. Now, of course, you don't need me to tell you that you're not blind. You could see with your own, too. But when mi gente, right, the American people of Hispanic heritage, the Latinos, are evenly split in polls, as reported in the Wall Street Journal, at 37% and 37%, you know all the Democrats are going to have a problem because a fish rots from the head. And Biden's bad numbers will sink Democrats in every district that isn't under the control of a communist sympathizer like AOC. So any middle-of-the-road district, they're going to have some problems. Now, I'm going to get to some audio of New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, taking some shots at the Blasio. But then on the Sunday shows, he goes right in on January 2nd and says, you know what, the first thing we're going to do is we need to get everybody boosted, all the city workers, vaxxed and boosted. So it doesn't look like he's um, taking too different of an approach than Bill de Blasio did. But going back to AOC, she's being widely criticized on Twitter because she was pictured dining maskless in Miami as the Omicron cases soar. That's the headline in the New York Post. And look, I I typically agree with a lot of this stuff. And listen, there's no bigger critic of AOC than me, right? But I'm going to tell you on this one, I think some of the critique is just a, a little uncalled for, right? So AOC, she, uh, she was in Miami for New Year's Eve. Now, I remember last year, this happened to Ted Cruz. He went down to Cancun, took his kids with him uh, during a, a big spike, like the biggest spike in Texas. And people were beating him up. And I was the first one to say, why can't this guy go on vacation? Why does it have to be uh, some sort of sin for you to go away with your family during a holiday time? I don't understand. So in the same vein... Why can't AOC go to Miami? Is it because she thinks that Ron DeSantis is a bad person because he's a Republican, so she can't enjoy Miami Beach? Listen, I love to beat her up as much as the next guy. There's some stupid things she did here, and I will call her out for those. But making fun of her boyfriend being pale or making fun of her boyfriend for wearing Birkenstock sandals while they're outdoor dining on Miami Beach I mean, what are you supposed to do in Miami Beach, right? You wear sandals and you eat outside, you have a cocktail, you do what you do in Miami. It's like that Will Smith song. Welcome to Miami. Exactly. Bienvenido a Miami, right? So I don't know. Listen, I ain't mad at AOC because she decided to go and soak up the sun in sunny South Florida, but to call out Ron DeSantis the way she did. Now, look, they took a swipe at her and they were like, "Oh, you know, it's great that she's enjoying some freedom and good on them for doing that." Listen, that's part of the game. You got to take a little heat, okay? Granted, and she, she took a shot back, but the shot she took back really wasn't legit. She didn't hit him for COVID rates. She didn't hit him for this, that, or anything else. She hit him for being MIA. And why was he MIA? Because his wife is battling cancer. So for the last two weeks, he's been tending to family affairs. This backfired big time. So the tweet comes from Team Ron DeSantis. And they say, welcome to Florida AOC. We hope you're enjoying a taste of freedom here in the Sunshine State. Thanks to at Ron DeSantis Florida's leadership. And this is after Philip Klein uh, broke the story um, from National Review saying AOC spotted in Miami Beach as New York City reports record COVID, excuse me, COVID cases. Now, this is in hot air. AOC says sadly for AOC, she's never been known for recognizing when it might be time to keep her head down and stay out of the limelight. She decided to fire back, invoking an already debunked claim about DeSantis himself being on vacation during the pandemic. And she says in her tweet. Hasn't Governor DeSantis inexplicably been missing for like two weeks? If he's around, I would be happy to say hello. His social media team seems to have been posting old photos for weeks. In the meantime, perhaps I could help with local organizing. Folks here are quite receptive. Smiley face. Obviously, this is not a good look. And according to the piece in hot air, it says the response went over like a lead balloon. As National Review explained in a follow-up article that Governor DeSantis was not on vacation. In fact, he was still posting a schedule of regular events, but was indeed missing during the period AOC was referring to. And the reason for that was he was accompanying his wife to the hospital for cancer treatments. According to National Review, DeSantis's spokeswoman, Christina Pusha, told Fox News... The governor was accompanying his wife, Casey, to cancer treatment on Wednesday when critics began accusing him of dodging his responsibilities. DeSantis announced in October that Casey had been diagnosed with breast cancer. Pushaw also tweeted out a picture of the governor's public schedule in response to criticism from MSNBC host Joy Reid. One Twitter user said, I don't know if DeSantis' staff is just lucky or damn skilled. You couldn't have written a better script for the where is Ron foolishness. They allowed the left all the rope they needed to hang themselves. Of course, the article goes on, and I join them in that, in wishing uh, Governor DeSantis and his family the very best as they're battling cancer for his wife. Definitely not easy. Kudos to him for doing a great job handling this pandemic amidst all of that stuff. And this article goes on to make that juxtaposition that I made earlier about Ted Cruz's vacation. However, I think the big difference here is we should apply the same rubric. I don't care that AOC is there and I don't care where Ted Cruz went. Matter of fact, if things were going crazy here and I'm off for Christmas break or New Year's break or whatever it is, why wouldn't I be somewhere with my family? That's literally my job as a dad to take my kids places and have fun and do the right thing by them. So I think that type of criticism is totally just it's unfounded. Now, to criticize her, to say, oh, you're eating outdoor without a mask. That's also silly stuff. I mean, come on. It's Florida. We all know Florida's the free state. So you want to participate? Go to Florida. Go to Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. But AOC wouldn't let it stop there. She decided, let me dig this hole a little bit deeper by using this crazy rhetoric to fight back at the Republicans that were criticizing her. Guess what she said? Because people took a few shots at her because she was out there, she decided to say the following, quote, If Republicans are mad they can't date me, they can just say that instead of projecting their sexual frustrations onto my boyfriend's feet. You creepy weirdos, she tweeted. (laughs) She continued, it's starting to get old, ignoring the very obvious, strange and deranged sexual frustrations that underpin the Republicans fixation on me, women and LGBT plus people in general. These people are clearly in need of therapy and won't do it. And they use politics as their outlet instead. It's really weird. And that's a tweet. She's responding to Steve Cortez, who tweeted and said, Number one, if leftists like AOC actually thought mandates and masking worked, they wouldn't be frolicking in free Florida. Number two, her guy is showing his pale male feet in public, not at a pool slash beach with hideous sandals. Oh, for two. That's Steve Cortez's tweet. Now, I like Steve a lot. I'm going to disagree with point number two, Because I'm going to say, if they were at a sidewalk cafe, there's a lot of those, and they're typically feet away from the beach. So they were likely at the beach, even if they weren't on the beach. But that's arguable. But his first point is right. If they really hated, you know, the way that DeSantis was managing this, they wouldn't show up. But I think you have to have a little bit of a margin here, right? You have to be able to say, look, maybe I don't want to live there. Maybe I won't support a state like that where there's that many Republicans. But I will go there to enjoy Miami Beach. All right, granted. Listen, I'm from New York. I've never left New York because... Uh, I mean, I did to move to New Jersey, but just the same, right? <laughs> it's uh, no different. I've never left here because of the leftism. I might make my way to Miami one day to escape the leftism, but that remains to be seen. But the bottom line here is I don't think we can criticize AOC for taking a vacation, but we can definitely criticize AOC for making these ridiculous statements about sexism and, and people being sexually frustrated and Republicans are are upset that they can't date her. That's totally out of control. I mean, where does she come with it now? So people chimed in. Uh, Mary Catherine Hamm says, I relate to AOC. Literally every criticism of me boils down to people being disappointed They can't have sex with me. It's indeed a burden, but one we must bear. <laughs> She's clever. Uh, good job. All right. Then Nick Adams says, AOC has a seriously exaggerated estimate of her own importance. Yeah, Nick, I think you're onto something. And then a... a uh, Parody account Hillary Rodham Clinton Clause, HRC Clause, at Biden Harris Bro on Twitter, says, instead of the Republicans have a big crush on me approach, AOC could have used that moment to teach people about sexism. Well, there you go. This last tweet I want to point out from my buddy Sean Farish. He says, hey, AOC, you tell me that you're endorsing Ron DeSantis without telling me you're endorsing Ron DeSantis (laughs) by showing up. And I get the point. Again, I do. I just, I happen to be such a big fan of Miami. I love going to South Beach. I enjoy sunny South Florida. And I think to deprive anybody, whether they're a leftist or not, of enjoying Florida would be wrong. So I think AOC has the right to travel, but she doesn't have a right to take shots at DeSantis, who's taking care of his cancer-stricken wife. That's deplorable. You tell me, who's the deplorable now? I tell you, it really makes you question their mental health. And mental health is a big deal. I mean, it's all the rage everywhere you look. Everybody's talking about mental health and learning how to manage daily stress and anxious thoughts is something that everybody wants. That's why I want to talk to you about Noom, right? N dot com slash. This is America. That's the site you'll go to if you want to check out your own personalized trial of this. But Noom dot com. It's an app. It's an amazing app. I've been using it. I love it. It's helping me to stay hydrated. It's helping me to stay focused on logging what I eat so I can track my calories. I used to weigh 269 pounds. I'm down to 218 and I'm working my way towards 200. Hopefully, I'll get there soon, maybe by my birthday, which is Cinco de Mayo, and I'll be celebrating in Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. So make sure if you want to check out this app, go to noom.com slash this is America. Noom.com slash this is America. That's N. O-O-M, like Nancy Oscar, Oscar Mary dot com slash this is America. Now, part of what uh, I like about this is that it's backed by science. The lessons are based on psychological principles. They teach you about your relationship with stress and anxiety. So you avoid any type of stress eating. That's key. It's robust. It has lots of different techniques. It even has a personal coach. They will hold your hand every step of the way, plus a daily curriculum. If you really want to get into all of the articles, you can do that on your journey. Plus, it's accessible and convenient. It only takes about 10 minutes a day, and it's an app, so you can do it anywhere at any time. So what are you waiting for? You're a lot stronger than you think. This is the time to do it. Worry less and feel happier. Sign up for your personalized trial at Noom.com slash thisisamerica. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash this is america now straight ahead we're going to talk about all of the other stuff that's happening in this first week of 2022 so don't move a muscle because you don't want to miss what eric adams the new incoming mayor of new york city had to say i'm rich valdez this is america
1: this is america You see where your business can go. To get there, you may need another 10 trucks. At Century Insurance, we put more than 115 years of industry experience to work to help protect you as you launch a new delivery service or expand into a new region and reach your business goals. Century right by you. Property and casualty coverages and render written and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details. This is America. Para inglés o primal número dos para Rich Valdez y esto es America. Ahora,
2: all right, America, welcome back, Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez with an S on all the social media. And you know it's funny because with all of this conversation about AOC and her running in uh, sunny South Florida, it reminds me of that time that AOC and I had a run in at the Puerto Rican parade. And I've shared that story with you a bunch of times, but needless to say, it ended up with her running across the street and then having her team tweet out some foul mouth tweet to me, which uh, was reported in the New York Post and the Washington Times dropping the F-bomb. And they ended up deleting the tweet, but not before they got a screenshot of it and embarrassed them. So that's AOC for you. Now, Eric Adams had some things to say on the Sunday shows this week. But before we get into that, his first appearance as mayor of the city of New York on a Sunday show, ABC, this week, I want you to hear what Andy Cohen from Bravo had to say as he was hosting the New Year's Eve event with Anderson Cooper. And he had some choice words for Mayor de Blasio. Listen to this. Something.
1: Oh, please. Tell us something, Andy. Watching Mayor de Blasio. Oh, don't go on a rant. Do his don't go on a rant. victory lap dance <laughs> don't, don't, don't. after four years of the, the first, crappiest you want to start term the Year. as the mayor of New York. The That's only thing the that York. Democrats and Republicans can That's agree not, on I mean, is, is what a he, horrible mayor he has he, been. Wow. So
2: sayonara, Arasaka. And that's Andy Cohen saying sayonara, sucker. But of course, we're welcoming in Eric Adams. Now, Eric Adams has never been a friend of the police, even though he was a cop. He's kind of one of those guys that's on the inside trying to take things apart, if you know what I mean. And here's what he had to say in his first uh, interview on ABC this week as mayor on Sunday morning. Keeping uh,
1: Mayor de Blasio's mandate vaccine mandate in place for private. Employers, Will you require teachers, police, police officers, other city workers to get a booster shot? That's our next moving decision. We're going to examine the numbers. If we feel we have to get to the place of making that mandatory, we're going to do that. But we're encouraging them to do it now. I took my booster shots, and every time I look at the numbers, I'm happy. And you know what the message is also, George? It's not only about... Is it going to prevent you from getting COVID? Because that's what people are saying. I got it and I have my booster shot. No, it's going to prevent you from dying. <laughs> it's, go- it's going to alleviate the possibility of you being hospitalized, going on a ventilator. The goal is to build up your immune system and the booster shot is going to do that. The numbers are clear. Look at those who are not um, vaccinated. They're sky high. Numbers uh, who are, they are at a moderate level. That's what we must focus on.
2: So the focus is on keeping people alive with Omicron, the common cold variant. I am so sick and tired. I'm hoping that with 2022, we don't have to talk about COVID anymore. But it seems to be dominating the headlines nonetheless. But here's a one-off story that you don't get too often. Headline from the Post Millennial: transgender TikTok user accuses baby of being transphobic. In a viral video that is spread across Twitter, a transgender TikTok user accuses a baby of being transphobic, even causing the baby to cry at one point. The person in the video accuses the baby of liking them more with long hair as opposed to short, which they say makes them look more feminine. The person said that they confronted this baby about it, which caused the baby to cry. Check this out. I've talked about the
0: transphobic baby at work before Um, I went in a room with him today and I had my
2: wig on, which I took off now because it's like nine o'clock at night. Um, He didn't cry. He didn't cry. So now she's saying she had her wig on and the baby didn't cry. Now, mind you, this is a woman. I'm going to call her heavy set. I think that's still allowed to say Uh, again, appears to be a woman and a larger plus size. Right. I think is the right term. And she's saying that she had a wig on because she has a kind of shorter haircut. Let's continue. And he was like
0: babbling at me. And I had a look at him and like, do you like me now because we've had a moment? Or do you like me now because I have long hair and look more feminine? Because then you're more transphobic.
2: And then he started to cry. So that was my answer. Her comments about the baby being transphobic made the poor little guy cry. Now, what I think is so crazy here. Is how anybody would let this individual near a baby to begin with this person's clearly mentally unhinged, not stable at all. I mean, when somebody says, quote, I've talked about the transphobic baby at work before it must trigger an alarm somewhere that this crazy person is watching other people's kids. I went in a room with him today and I had my wig on, which I took off now because it's like nine o'clock at night. He didn't cry and he was like babbling at me. Now, if this is a man pretending to be a woman or I should say, um, uh, what is the word that they identifying as a woman, uh, then I got he looks like a woman to me. And I had a look at him, the guy says, or the woman. Do you like this now because you've had a moment? Or do you like me now because I have long hair and look more feminine? Because you're more transphobic, she continued, or they continued. I mean, this is absolutely crazy. Now, the publication LGBTQ Nation attempted to defend this poster on Twitter saying that users were accusing the person of being mentally unwell. That's me. I say that this person is nuts. They're saying that the video was all a joke. The fact the video maker is completely joking has completely gone over the right-wingers' heads, wrote LGBTQ Nation. Quote, Babies can't actually be transphobic. When a baby acts calm and happy or upset and sad, it has almost entirely to do with their emotional state rather than their likely non-existent feelings on gender identity. In fact, the Mayo Clinic has said that babies don't even recognize their own or other people's gender until somewhere between the ages of 18 and 24 months. And that's according to the LGBTQ Nation. But it wasn't that long ago on an episode of this program right here that I originally did as One of the segments on the Rich Valdez show, which aired uh, in on the radio live in Long Island, where I I remember reading from an article where it crazily pointed out that babies can be racists. Check this out for a quick flashback. Arizona is now teaching certain materials that suggest that babies need anti-racism guidance as early as three months. Hat tip to Chris Rufo from Discovery Institute for flagging this material, which warned that at three months, infants look more at the faces that match the race of their caregivers. Now, he's not saying that this is true. He's saying that they're teaching this stuff. A graphic map points out these racial biases from infancy to six plus years of age. Quote, silence about race enforces racism by letting children draw their own conclusions based on what they see, is what the graphic said. The title of the graphic appears to be They're Not Too Young to Talk About Race. In a statement confirmed by Fox News, the Arizona Department of Education said it was reviewing the material. It added that the department didn't mandate the resources as curriculum for students noting that the curriculum was already set at the local level. Quote, our goal is to provide research and evidence based guidance and best practices on these sensitive topics and how they intersect with delivering an equitable education. Quote unquote. This is part of the continued attack that they have on your children, my children, everybody's children, from the top to the bottom on your liberties, on my liberties, on everybody's liberties, whether it's mandates, whether it's mandated teaching, optional teaching, books that are in the library that aren't enforced, but yet they create the clubs that they don't tell the parents about. We talked about that three episodes ago. That stuff was out of control. The left is on a war path against you, your liberty, your straight sexuality. If you're cisgender, as they've termed it, you're the enemy. If you're not BIPOC, black, indigenous person of color, you're the enemy. If you're not a collectivist and you believe in individualism, you're the enemy. If you're not talking about how you can be less racist because you don't think you're racist because that's just not a thing you do, you're the enemy. You must subscribe to their school of thought or they will count you out. You must do as you're told or they will try and cancel you. That's what's going on on the left. And that's why I try to stay informed. That's why I try to keep you informed. I try to give you the best up-to-date information that I've got and share it with you. And one of the places that I get my information, com slash rich. If you want to sign up for the newsletter and absolutely get everything they've got to offer free of charge, justfacts.com slash rich is where you want to go. And the question of the day, which is a really cool uh, factoid that they put out every day from Just Facts. I enjoy it. They put it on all their social media. So if you want to give them a follow and check it out. But today's question of the day is, in 2019, the World Health Organization analyzed 10 gold standard studies about the effects of masks on preventing the spread of the flu. How many of these found that masks work? Zero, five, or 10? It's multiple choice. So did they have zero studies, five studies, or 10 studies that said masks work to stop the spread of the flu? I'm going to guess that they have zero studies at the World Health Organization that say that masks work in preventing the flu, which is why we've never worn masks to stop the flu or just about anything else up until right now with the good old uh, COVID-19. But let's see. I'm going to click submit here on justfacts.com slash rich and see what it says. I am correct. In 2019, the year before COVID-19 began, the World Health Organization published a lengthy analysis of different strategies to limit the impact of the flu on non-healthcare settings. This included 10 gold standard studies about using masks to prevent the spread of the flu called randomized controlled trials or RCTs. These studies provide a rigorous tool to examine cause and effect, which is not possible with any other study design. The World Health Organization's analysis found that all 10 RCTs revealed no evidence. This is a quote from them. No evidence that face masks are effective in reducing transmission of the flu. COVID-19 differs from the flu. And one of the main differences is that COVID-19 is much more transmissible. This makes it even harder for masks to have any positive effect on reducing the spread of COVID-19. In December 2021, the Journal Science published a mask RCT conducted in Bangladesh that claims to have found positive results. Just Facts will be publishing a devastating rebuttal to it. So I will keep you posted on that and what's going on with the latest from Just Facts. Because so much out there and we have to stay informed. We have to know what's going on because otherwise the lefties will try and run one over on us. So whether it's babies being accused of transphobia or anything else, I'm going to try and bring it to you here. Anyway, straight ahead, a little bit more audio, plus the latest on what's going on in this first week of 2022. Happy New Year to you. I'll be right back. Don't move a muscle. Rich Valdez, this is America.
1: This is America. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez.
2: All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show, because let me tell you, this year we had an extraordinary year. We spent most of the year in the top 200 of probably about a million podcasts. We were in the top 200 of those. Plus, we also were in the top 100 for probably the last three months of the year as the show gained a little bit of traction. And that's because you guys are listening, because you guys are spreading the word, because you guys are texting each other, direct messaging. I know that social media is not always very friendly to uh, this program and many other programs that are, you know, conservative, free-thinking programs, but you guys do the dirty work and I love you for it. I thank you for it because without you, we have no show. Otherwise I'm just literally talking into a microphone and there are no people, right? Without the tens of thousands of people that support the show, uh, I would not have a show. So I do thank you. I absolutely am very grateful to you. Thank you for dropping those uh, five-star reviews, for leaving those comments, for leaving the reviews on the podcast platforms. All of that stuff matters. And of course, click subscribe, have your friends click subscribe and thank you for sharing this with them. Now, one of the things I love to do here is make fun of Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, sh- uh, paging Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. I see you, Dr. Fauci. Now, of course, Dr. Fauci's never really seen a patient. He's always been in a lab coat in a, in a uh, laboratory as a mad scientist. But good old Dr. Fauci. I mean, what would we do a day without Dr. Fauci? Well, I think I would go on vacation, go to Miami. Bienvenido, a Miami. But. We got Dr. Fauci, and as long as he's here, I'm going to make fun of him. So now they're saying, you know what? I think we've had enough of this pandemic. We have to start getting away with this. Maybe, you know, once you can prove that you don't have COVID-19, maybe you can go back to work or go back to school. Hmm. Listen to this.
1: There's a pretty big backlash this week to the CDC cutting quarantine for those who've tested positive uh, without symptoms to five days. Uh, First of all, are you surprised by that? And what was the? Why not have a negative test? Why not require a negative test for that extra layer of protection? Well, let's talk about the first principle, George, the idea of if a person is without symptoms and infected, that they need to be isolated for five days. Normally that would be 10 days. The CDC decided that they would cut that down to five days if the person remains asymptomatic, so long as when they do go out in the second five days of that 10 day period, back to work or back into society, that they diligently wear a mask. You're right, there has been some concern about why we don't ask people at that five-day period to get tested. That is something that is now under consideration. The CDC is very well aware that there has been some pushback about that. Looking at it again, there may be an option in that, that testing could be a part of that. And I think we're going to be hearing more about that in the next day or so from the CDC.
2: Oh, so we're going to hear more. So this means... Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon. Hey, wait, there's more breaking news. And now an announcement from the Fauci, the Fauci stir, Doctor Fauci. Well, you see, now we're going to allow you to do tests. If you get a test, a negative test, we're going to allow you to do it because you know what? We're sick of tired of this. We've been having this problem. Biden says that's enough. We're losing all this money. Everybody's economy's bad. What are we going to do? We're going to let you go back to work. Maybe you think you think it's that simple. I don't know. I hope it is. But their uncertainty doesn't stop anybody from doing anything right. The White House is not going to stop just because Biden sounds like a baboso and because Fauci's out there with all of his fraudulent claims. They're still saying that they're adamant that Biden's covid plan will stop Omicron from erasing the 2021 economic gains. And I'm thinking, what economic gains did we see in 2021? But maybe I'm just being a skeptic. This is the Washington Examiner. The White House is confident that a spike in winter coronavirus cases caused by the Omicron variant in the U.S. won't wipe out the economic gains in labor markets. This is what they say. The U.S. economy added a record number of jobs in 2021 and the four-week average. Now, of course, we added a record number of jobs in 2021 because we were shut down in 2020. I don't know if that necessarily counts, but we'll continue. The four-week average for new unemployment claims adjusted for volatility fell in late December to the lowest recorded point since the late 1960s. Now, if that were exactly true, that means we're headed in the right direction. However, there are currently more than $2.5 Less workers now than there were in 2019, and experts worry that major coronavirus spikes in key labor markets across the country could slow things down. In some cases, even erase every last bit of economic progress that was made. Nancy Vanden Houghton, a U.S. economist with Oxford e- Economics, notes the latest workforce numbers do not reflect those massive COVID 19 upticks. So far, We have not seen noticeable impact from Omicron on the labor market data, at least in terms of claims of data, she said. I think businesses are striving to remain open, particularly given the evidence that Omicron produces milder symptoms. Well, duh. I mean, they're almost speaking as if the expectation is you have to be shut down all the time. And maybe if things get a little better, then you can open up again. I'm sorry, but I think it's got to be the other way around. I think we've got to be open and mitigate. And that's it. We always have to be focused on shutting down the virus, not shutting down the economy. Doesn't that sound familiar? Because I think that's exactly what we need to do. Fauci continues to contend that the United States has lots of data and he's going to play with his data and his hospital to case ratio when it becomes more clear. But of course, early indications that countries like South Africa and the United Kingdom have milder disease from Omicron. So this is helping people to uh, kind of ease back a little bit in particular Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC. The U.S. is now ending the year with a string of record highs for COVID-19 cases. Thank you, Joe Biden, for shutting down the virus. That's more now, more death now than we had under Trump. I mean, this is just remarkable to me. And he had no vaccine. And of course, every last expert is screaming for the hills. Watch out. It's going to get worse. I mean, when you have something that is this transmissible and so not lethal, even the lethal version of this was less than 1%. This thing is so much more mild. I don't understand the hysteria. I don't understand why people are so afraid of catching a cold that they're willing to cut their nose off to spite their own face. How does that work? Where is the logic in this? Perhaps I'm a Neanderthal, a deplorable Neanderthal, but I really would like some help. I would love it if the vouch could maybe explain it to me to help me understand why small business owners should lose their businesses, why children, young people like my own should have to sacrifice their educations and their social lives because we have to mitigate this. Now, I get it. If if things are horrible like they were in 2020, um, March 2020 and February, I get it, but we're not there anymore. This surge in hospitals seems to be happening only in a very few key areas. Most places are able to manage it. I'm not saying that it's a non-existent crisis. I'm saying it's a manageable crisis and that's what we need to do. And that's why you need good leadership and people working to actually come up with a solution rather than working to advance their own political agenda, which is what the left does time and time again. And it's something that we need to reject as Americans wholeheartedly. We have to stand for something because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So that's all I got for this week. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We're adding a fourth episode every week for 2022. So again, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. We're also working on visiting a couple of different cities again this year. So I'm looking forward to coming to some of our states that have the biggest listeners like Virginia, like Florida and California. Those were the three biggest States for growth for this is America in the last year. And I plan to come out there and meet with some of you guys and do a uh, kind of like a live studio audience type of program. So I'll keep you posted on that as well. Let me know your thoughts on that. Drop us a line at richvaldez.com on the contact page. And uh, I know some people took exception to some of the stuff I said in the last episode. So I thank you for sharing your thoughts. It doesn't really change mine, but I do believe that we have to be more focused on civility. We have to. We can fight back without being radical Looney Tunes. It's still my belief that we didn't need January 6th, and it's still my belief that January 6th was an inside job of the FBI, that they created this problem, just like they created the Gretchen Whitmer problem, just like they've created lots of problems. But it doesn't mean that there weren't people there that were there looking for trouble because I spoke with plenty of people, plenty of people that said, hey, we got to go down there, we got to do this thing. Now, the overwhelming majority of people went there because they wanted to hear their president speak and they had a grievance and they wanted to make it known in their capital. Not in their capital, but at their capital. And I get that point too. So I'm not in the dark here, but I do realize that there are people that are willing to destroy the United States in order to rebuild it, and that is wrong. We can't do that. You don't have a ship that has holes in it and say, you know what, just scrap the ship. We're going to build a new one. No, everybody drowns. You've got to plug every last hole, every arm and finger and foot, plugging up every single hole you can, all hands on deck. We've got to save this ship from sinking because America's worth it. Anyway, hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America.